Hello and welcome. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to release this episode. This is actually one of the first of these conversations that I recorded. I recorded this one with my Zen teacher, Kakumil Lo Chard. Um, I've been working with Kakumil for a few years after the previous Zen center I was at kind of collapsed. I connected to a community in Portland called Dharma Rain and kind of specifically because I really appreciated Kakumil and what he brings as a teacher. And Kakumil was the abbot of Dharma Rain which he'll get into a bit in this conversation. And he's just someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Both the choices he's made to be an abbot, I think for most of his adult life, he's lived at a Zen center following a Zen schedule, which I find to be pretty intense. A lot of meditation, lots of meditation retreats, and kind of a real commitment to trying to show up to one's life. And also for kind of how he holds himself within that context. Um, I also like while listening to this episode, I could just see myself missing him, like really missing what Kakumi was trying to say, which to me has a little bit of like, it hurts a little like, ooh, missed him there. But also it's like, oh yeah, that's like why he's my teacher because he's pointing things out that I can't really see yet. And God, I recorded this back in October before I was about to go on a month-long kind of surf meditation retreat. I was trying to fuse together this thing, surfing, that's kind of part of my ego or shallowness, you know, who I am as a person as I show up in the world with kind of these deeper contemplative currents, really trying to bring the two together. And in this conversation, Kakumio kind of helped me chart a course for that trip which i'm really grateful for because the trip brought a lot to my life so please enjoy this conversation um i do consider kakumio a treasure uh i don't think he'd like me saying that but whatever um yeah please enjoy thanks for doing this sure for sure it's okay if we take like a moment mm -hmm. yeah Could you share a little bit about your role, kind of being an abbot and the, like the brief history of like kind of getting there too? Sure, sure. Um, br like brief history of? of uh, kind of coming into practice and oh, okay. priest and a mini year slog, I think. Not okay. a slog, but yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Well, I've been, um, you know, early 20s, I kind of realized I didn't have a, like, wisdom tradition to lean on, and I needed one. Mm. And I started looking, and Zen resonated. And um, I, you know, just checked out the temple one day, and Damarain, uh, and um, it wasn't during an event. It was just, like, I just kind of came by and pulled on the door and it was open and I went in and sat and someone had just mistakenly left the door open and or you just like um, pulled up a cushion and sat yeah I just and I you know I s sat for an hour and I thought hey this is great it's always here for me to come sit whenever I want yeah hello Doug 
Hainanda. And uh, so that was kind of my, my intro to, um, and uh, you know, I, I started practicing. Um, I, you know, I did a, a one month um, kind of residency as sort of a trial thing. And as part of that, I, I realized that like, um, basically how I was living my life was to avoid suffering. And um, it was all indirect means of doing so. And um, like, it was all like, like I was in med school and like I was all this stuff that like, at, at some point, one more time removed, it would help me not suffer as much. Oh, you were sort of on a track to get out of suffering. Yeah, like, like it just like, just how I did everything through the day was, was appeasing my, my sense of potential future suffering. Mm -hmm. And, and Zen was doing something different, you know, like it was a more direct method. And I was like, well, if that's like, if that's how it is, if that's actually how I'm living my life, like, why don't I dispense with the middleman here? And so, um, I moved in and, and started training and I, d I just wanted to like do whatever it took so that I could do this full time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, gradually that became a possibility and I did it and, um, it's been 20 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> and over that time, um, you know, like Dharma Reign's changed a lot. It's, it's, uh, kind of evolved as an organization and, um, you know, m my teacher has retired and so I've kind of taken her spot here. Um, Kilgan the other rabbit died. And so there's, there's been this, there was a very gradual transition, mm -hmm. um, over the course of six or eight years, really that, that it was happening. And so I feel really lucky that, um, it was allowed to kind of be like that, that the timing has, you know, it's just, there's, there's so much has to happen for that to happen in a kind of peaceful and wholesome way. The transition to kind of being abbot. Yeah. Yeah. C can you speak a bit to the role of abbot? Like both maybe role, traditionally yeah. and maybe what it means today? Like, uh, generally, like the most broad is um, the abbot is kind of the um, spiritual and administrative head of a temple, uh -huh. a training temple where, where people are undergoing formation. Um, and so it's a, it's a mix. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff that are involved in it. Um, there's the things that I would kind of saw in advance or, um, like, you know, had more to do with like the administrative side of things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like when you were leading into the role sort of? Or? When I was coming into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think as I've landed, what is much more obvious is more the, um, you know, like the, the kind of tone setting and the, um, mm. like the invisible part of being a figurehead, right? Like there's the obvious stuff, mm -hmm. but then there's, there's the more subtle stuff and there's also the like 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 being kind of constantly responsive to like um the the tensions of the community like what's what's confusing right now what's painful right now what's mm -hmm. aggravating right now um i just feel like i'm uh 
part of my role is to be quite attuned to that. Yeah, it sounds almost like a widening of sort of and holding that in your awareness. Yeah. And sort of maybe yeah. even seeing it as yourself as something to, I don't mean self in a strong way, but like yeah. something yeah. to attend right. to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my sense kind of in the, the dharmic world and the West, whatever that is, mm -hmm. and is becoming mm -hmm. like an abbot and even a priest too, or uh, they don't make the transition as much. You know, there's like city centers and it right. seems there's a lot of times like the teacher and then mm -hmm. the sort of non, the non-paid administrators that run mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And this sort of mix of like administrative head and spiritual head seems um, kind of unique these days, mm -hmm. even though I know there are you know, a number of centers that are temples that do that. There's still. so many different models in, yeah. in American Zen or in American Dharma in general. Like, it's it's just all over the place. So, I, I, you know, there's there's definitely mm -hmm. places where there's kind of a really clear, you know, role for the abbot. Yeah. But, you know, like the vast majority of places, like, it's it's kind of sitting group style, where mm. there's someone who's been around a little bit longer, or there's a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, but they 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 basically have a a lay life mm -hmm. that, and they're the head of the temple mm -hmm. um so you know like dharma reign's been around for long enough and there's been enough like kind of commitment from key people over time that there's there's enough momentum to kind of support mm -hmm. like this functioning yeah you're you know, not doing this alone right 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 yeah yeah, I'm, uh, th this isn't the thread I was necessarily thinking we would go, but I'm curious as we're talking, like, mm. um, how you hold sort of, as I relate to, like, priesthood and abbotness coming from Zen in Japan mm -hmm. and maybe other sort of this transmission to the West of right. that there was such a hierarchical nature to it, and mm. especially in decision-making mm -hmm. in a community and stuff, mm -hmm. and it seems like there's been a movement over time to democratize a bit temple mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's something you resonate yeah. with or... Uh, well, it's, I, I do. Yeah, um, okay. But I would say that, th again, that's really um, tremendous variation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I just wonder how you hold that sort of... Yeah. If you hold that tension of sort of yeah. being, being the head of a temple and also how to hold the community voice and community process. Sure. Maybe a more simplified way of holding the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, both resonate. I think both are necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a ongoing kind of exploration and investigation for like what's what's skillful right now, what's wholesome right now, what what kind of speaks to the moment. And um, you know, I think w like one thing I've noticed in the last six months um, is that you know, as we've kind of been going through a series of crises, um, yeah, it's kind of COVID arises cultural, and other things are right? kind of unfolding. Yeah, that um, a little bit more of a like a stronger voice and more of a, mm. has been needed. Yeah. Um, in general, my my kind of like root functioning, like like my 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 fallback, my my what I'm most comfortable with is a more um, kind of concentric leadership model. Mm -hmm. um, I. Yeah, just kind of relying on on the, kind of the horizontal authority, mm -hmm. and and you know, like the, it's rich here. I feel like there's a lot of people who've done a lot of practice. There's a lot of people here that have been been at it for a long time. Right, right. Yeah. right. And so I want to leverage that. Like I feel, um, 
like this I just I, you know like that's one thing that I'm uh, you know, a hummingbird friend so. oh nice <laughs> <laughs> um, like I have a lot of appetite for like kind of leaning into um, like you know what I don't see yeah. you know like that's that's really interesting to me I, I have a lot of aliveness there and so um, I, that's something that I can't do alone like mm -hmm. I, I can only like really like I, I do that from bouncing off of people mm -hmm. and so having others around who are like um, playing this with some subtlety like enables that yeah seems like it requires some trust and honesty in the community that they'll sort of bring to you the things that are like <laughs> I don't know if it requires it but it helps <laughs> yeah. I think of like more corporate structures right where yeah, there's yeah. sort of this challenge of don't don't challenge authority and that kind of right, stuff right right yeah um, have you felt any rub in the last six months and sort of taking on more of that vertical role and like how has that been oh I mean you know like there's always rub yeah and, like, I, and that always, may be more personally for yourself and um no no it's been smooth yeah smoothish yeah. yeah i mean like you know like that's not to say like there's not times when like i've been in knots uh -huh. or you know like i've you know broken down around stuff like of, of course like that's part of it yeah but um it also feels like oh yeah that's that's appropriate right now like that, that's what should be happening oh yeah i, I really appreciate yeah. that sort of framing like when you say no it's been fine yeah and then you're like and there were knots and i was breaking down yeah like yeah. that, that tension of holding those two, that, yeah. It's, that seems realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned kind of when you were drawn to, uh, to practice uh, directly addressing suffering. And I'm wondering if you could hang out with that for a moment maybe both sides of that, the addressing and the suffering, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and, and just sort of elaborate what that is for you, maybe in the evolution too, of what it is for you now, not what it was for you when you were 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I would, you know, maybe starting with suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it's this, very simple and very basic sense that we're apart mm. you know that there's that there is a boundary and mm -hmm. um, whenever that's part of the picture it hurts you yeah know, like and um, and and from that like kind of basic miss that basic you know line drawing mm -hmm. like you know all, there, there's repercussions <laughs> yeah yeah so so oh, you feel um, like your hands that a lot there <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, it just it just cascades so that's my that's my um you know sense of suffering like how i identify it in the wild <laughs> mm -hmm. um and apartness like that there's yeah. a, a separation yeah. yeah like um how do you see that manifesting sort of for yourself or folks that you work with? Like, what are the sort of expressions that apartness, like, and like the draw people to practice almost? Like, what, what kind of apartness is it? I think there takes many flavors. I don't know if that's true or not, or yeah, if you kind of well, hold it more on a basic level. Um, 
I'm using that because I, like that's that feels very um, basic. It feels very fundamental. Very direct, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that you can kind of trace every like, like mm, you know, there's mm-hmm. a billion different manifestations of it, and everybody has their own like favorites of how like I like to suffer and how I know my own suffering and whatever. Yeah. Like we've we, we've we've practiced and refined our suffering in in very unique ways, and so like you know looking at a cross-section of the sangha like there's all these different languages of suffering that are out there but i think they all can be they all trace back through that point of i'm i'm different i'm i'm separate somehow there's a there's a gulf here there's a gap here and you know like it doesn't have that that doesn't have to be there Mm -hmm. you know there's times when like we look at that gap and it's it's obviously erroneous it's obviously like phantasm it's obviously like not mm-hmm. it's oh right right we see through it yeah and that seems like a for a practice like with working with that gap can you speak to what that is for you and how you see it maybe in zen and kind of yeah, it's technical or non-technical lots of reminders lots of remind, like in yeah. temple life you mean or well, well that's that's one way that's one strategy um is you know like just kind of building in enough structure that like you know you keep running into things that remind you yeah um whether that's you know formal structure like you know bells and mm-hmm. you know a schedule or informal structure like like if i'm washing my dishes and i'm going to be feeling my hands you know like that those kinds of like you know simple things that that happen the sort of a intentionally building in practice yeah. Yeah. into the activities of daily life right yeah, I remember the first uh, Zen retreat I went on when I was 20 or something. I'd done a couple other like Vipassana retreats, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I I was just struck by like there's no getting out here. Yeah, like it was like you step in the zendo with one foot a certain way. I didn't know that for a while, and like mm-hmm, the way you turn mm-hmm. on a cushion and mm-hmm. how you hold your hands walking. There was like no looseness. It was like yeah. there's just always a chance to be like, oh, I'm not I'm not here right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do do you see a sort of a journey or an arc of recognizing our sort of patterns of suffering and how we see them and work with that sort of I forget the word phantasm yeah, the, yeah. the sort of false gap that exists. Well, I may not be understanding the question. I mean, the the obvious arc is that um, we catch the coarse ones and then as we get better at those and we start catching the medium and then we start catching the subtle like you know yeah, yeah. there's a refinement process yeah 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 um but i don't think that's quite what you're getting at can you like mm. yeah maybe i don't even know what i'm getting yeah. at let me let me take a moment um. I, you know i guess this is just my own sense of sort of feeling really lost at first not in this like tremendous way, but like looking back while mm. practicing, like sort of being in the dark, and then over time starting like a, a light gets shined of like, oh, this is like mm-hmm. these idiosyncratic expressions that feel like mine and maybe shared, but they're very much mine of like, oh, this is where I generate suffering, like this is my way of like right. diffusing, like right. in my own way of like sort of zoning out and checking mm-hmm, out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other people may have different ways and like that's just yeah. start seeing it over time and it sort of becomes clearer and clearer and like th- that sort of journey of yeah 
Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm about, I think I'm, what is today, Thursday? I'm, I'm two days I'm leaving yeah. on a, like a self-constructed intensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, an attempt to sort of fuse surfing with a more intensive sort of practice period, about right. a month. Right. Um, and I, I think you're in Ongo right now, is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you spend some time with maybe Ongo in like intensive practice and like sure. what these sort of, is it three months here? How? Yeah, yeah, 90 days, like well, t- three months, yeah. Three, 90 days. September, October, November, through the end of uh, Rohatsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit more than 90. And then there's another one like later in, or in yeah. the start of the new year sort yeah. of. So basically it's, it's three months of fall, three months of spring. Yeah. We're in our intensive period and then winter and summer are lighter. And you've been living this for about 20 years or so? Yeah, although the Ango schedule, we didn't, like, we, we didn't start doing it like this until about maybe 12 years ago. Okay. It was kind of gradual. Like, like in the beginning, like, we didn't even have, like, Sunday program, really, in the summer every every week. It was like, it was like, like, the third Sunday would, would have a full program, mm-hmm. and the other ones, it would be much lighter, and there wouldn't be any weekday sitting, like, it was much, much lighter once upon a time. Yeah, it's sort of a yeah. filled as with time. Right. Yeah, because I, I even think about, I used to practice at a, like a stripped down Zen center. It was yeah. like sort yeah. of forms were removed. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the teacher there added back in an intensive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like it, making it feel yeah, like yeah. sort of like, oh, this is important. It <laughs> is important. I, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, like a lot of meditative traditions use because it's, there's so much leverage that, um, you know, concentration certainly, but also like um, kind of reflective intention, you know, yeah. like it accumulates over time and, and it, and it has a half-life, right? So like, it doesn't like, if you have a certain amount of concentration, like, and you don't keep it up like a week from now, it's not going to be as much. Yeah. Like after and a so, retreat, you, you right, feel right. it fade pretty quickly. But if you, if you kind of, pile a retreat on top of retreat like you can go someplace where you haven't gone before yeah and it's not um it makes it sound very mathematical when it's not quite so simple and a bit materialistic but, almost like getting yeah, somewhere but in a in a general way like there's something to that yeah and just the kind of true like the the actuality of kind of cumulative practice building yeah. on itself yeah and and part of it is that like in order to do that you're not doing other stuff which tends to diffuse practice energy yeah and and so i think that's that's really like a a key part of like most angos is like okay so um like how are you going to like keep the energy here mm-hmm. like how are you going to devote it really mm-hmm. and and not have it um frittered you know in in you know like to to kind, habitual. kind of splinter off into habit energy sort of yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, so it's it's creating a like a time which is sacred you know in which mm. my intent is really um for something deeper than you know whatever else <laughs> you know like it's it's <laughs> aiming it's aiming deeper than uh yeah yeah what would you say are sort of some of the elements that build that up maybe even that sort of aren't necessarily zen but like the yeah. like w- w- the ingredients almost if it's sort of a, a meal that we're that's being made 
Time for silence. Yeah. Um, I would say time for uh, surprise. Mm. Um, and so that could be like creativity, that could be art practice, that could be um, like working with a teacher, that could be, I mean, it could be a, a lot of different things, but something which like, like reflects aspects of you which you might not otherwise get. Mm. Um, for some people, you know, meditation might be part of that. I think meditation is another leg in and of itself. Like yeah. just um, having that, I think a kind of simplicity of lifestyle, like that's 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 really significant for me when I've done retreats is like, I want to pare away as much as I can. Like like the, the retreats that have been most significant for me have been ones in which I've I've really like, brushed aside like the as much as possible of like everyday life and and really like given myself to this process I, I don't think you're saying this but I, I hear in there like a almost a bit of a dualism around sort of everyday life and yeah these practice periods yeah 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 and like I think you know what I mean that's like a tension I have in my own history sure, sure, and sure. self yeah, 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 like yeah. Th throw me in a, a retreat context I feel fairly comfortable throw right. me in like a mall yeah. or like at certain meetings I'm like oh man this is not safe <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so like how, how do you hold that sort of th that this is about everyday life right it's about how we show up as people but then there's a sort of paring down that well like when it's when it's time for the meetings like do the meetings and be wholehearted and thorough about it and, yeah. and you know like but part of being able to offer that graciously mm -hmm. is that like some of the other stuff that's more subtle is be is i know i i have confidence that that's being taken care of right like i'm i'm doing that work and so now that it's not retreat i can play with expel spreadsheets you know or whatever it is i need to do that that feels very kind of mundane at times yeah, what, what I heard in there a bit was like that subtle, which maybe is hard to put more words to, but like it's hard it, in everyday life, it's hard to attend to that and give it the energy or relationship. And that these pared down periods kind of allow allow us to connect to that subtle dimension a bit. I see the squinty eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like would, would you reframe that or yeah, how you would hold that differently? Yeah, yeah. Like. Like, of course, like there's a, like many people, almost everybody who's done session early on is like, wow, this is so different, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is so different from what I'm normally doing. I'm like, you yeah. know, like, and that really feels right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of gratitude. Yeah. And um, so, right. Yes, of course. Um, but that's not like, it's not all the way true. And as people do a lot of session, as they do a lot of retreat practice, a lot of on-go periods or whatever it may be, that distinction between the two gets finer. Like it's not as, it's not as obvious, you know, mm. because it's the, that the boundary is more permeable and mm -hmm. um, we're more practiced in bringing um, that kind of mm. liveness, richness 
um, vulnerability, authenticity, whatever it is, into mundane, crappy stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, as I hear it, it's sort of opening a door that allows it in yeah. the other side, like yeah. the yeah. kind of into every day. Maybe that distinction even fades a bit, sort of. Yes, I think so. I think it does. And um, yeah, but the like the, the, I think the original point that I was tr um, yeah please going for was that like the there's so much energy that goes into like like the it's not even like the um like logistical stuff it's just like the habitual like kind of s like momentum of life mm -hmm. and so much of that is optional mm. and um like it's it's threatening to like release that you know to to do something different and um Hmm. It, it it just it brings up a lot of kind of like animal stuff and like like kind of reptilian stuff for folks often and um on a retreat like if you're if you have that much support it's pretty easy to like feel that be with that and and not be dissuaded um to and work that's, with that threatening period yeah yeah of. yeah and um, that frees that. up a lot of energy for meditation, you know, for kind of delving in. Oh, sort of as you work through those knots, that opens. Yeah. Yeah, not like, like, like that one. Like the, <laughs> it feels like that's more of a freeing than a, than a working through of knots freeing yeah like, like like it's just like i'm just not putting energy into that oh. and so therefore it's available and i don't have to use it i'm not like trying to untie things i'm just like it's the availability which counts yeah you know like in zazen you're not really doing something you're just available hmm. and that's my favorite definition of zazen i've, he I've heard yet <laughs> <laughs> i've been looking for a good one for a long uh, time there you go you've got it on tape <laughs> thank you It'll probably be different next week. <laughs> That's fine. I'll keep that one. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I forget who was the the Roshi and um, what's that island in Washington? Do you know what I'm talking about? That guy, uh, Harada Roshi. Yeah, Harada Roshi. Yeah, yeah. I re her, her, someone read something he said once yeah. when I was on retreat that it's like a deer hmm. in a forest kind of looking at the forest and there's not a predator there yet but there's like an attentiveness well that's funny chosen i've heard chosen use that analogy if you must be quoting him that's that's yeah like there's a circular yeah yeah, yeah that, that was where i heard it uh, attributed to yeah okay interesting but the way you said it uh it's, it's hard to describe that deer yeah. scenario yeah. <laughs> <laughs> available right, <laughs> very right. succinct um you know, on a personal level, one thing I'm curious about kind of stepping into this in a couple of days, I'm feeling like ill-prepared, you know, like, ugh, what am I getting myself into? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, holding this sort of, for certain, me... Certain dread. Yeah, that which yeah. Is, has always been there for me on right. going into intensive or, or even a psychedelic or mm -hmm. certain things that really mm -hmm. are going to 
shake things up a bit maybe or yeah yeah sometimes it doesn't shake up as much as i anticipate but there's always a sort of a charge to it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that i've been holding this sort of because one thing i'm doing is like going into the world a bit like i'm in a van right like a cop yeah. can knock on my door yeah. <laughs> there's people around it's not as cloistered or as yeah, sort sure. of contained and this sort of like the intention i bring like my intentions like that i'm wanting to hold during mm -hmm. that time but mm -hmm. also the the intention that the the intensive or the retreat period wants also like i've mm -hmm. felt that in the past like mm -hmm. almost certain callings happen like oh you're like a, personifying a bit right but right. like oh this is what's wanting to be attended to or this is what's emerging and i'm wondering like if that resonates like holding that sort of kind of going maintaining the intention and going with the emerging sort of mm -hmm. expression that's happening i think you know like you know another of these like ingredients for a nango uh -huh. is vow yeah and i i feel like that's kind of what you're getting at yeah is that, like you know we set an intention and we don't really like we have some guesses we have some like you know there's some kernel in there about like oh this is really important this really matters right now and and we might think a little higher up in our mm -hmm. awareness that like oh yeah it has some good leverage and it really makes sense or maybe it's poetic or yeah. you know it, like, there's stuff that happens and however that happens like we, we might we could kind of like coalesce around something and it's a moving target you know and our conditions keep changing and our you know intention kind of has an ebb and flow to it mm -hmm. and um so it's it's you know you're trying to like keep feeling the pulse of that moving moving target as it goes through you know this month for you yeah and um if it's you know if you're holding too tight to to it then you lose the um like responsiveness that you need to like kind of keep it live mm -hmm. and if you hold too loose to it then you kind of forget like what am i here for or like you know you lose some of the intensity mm -hmm. right so it's it's you know you know the two sides of the road you don't drive off either one <laughs> <laughs> you know stay stay you know keep veering back towards the middle yeah yeah uh, one of my like curiosities like on a mm -hmm kind of transformational levels someone that's been interested in that for a while in different domains the camera shut off oh no or the light did at least oh no i think uh <laughs> ananda moved it quite a bit oh uh, yeah, let's let's hope that gets you good <laughs> this one we can use you know yeah, yeah. um let me re reconnect sorry oh it's like thank you for that heads up that was appreciated i now know how long they last <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. you know i'm i'm curious about like the attribution of a transformational space like an ongo a retreat like a wilderness thing or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i i believe there's some power there that like when we do that that actually coalesces it right and we sort of choo it choose it in certain domains. Yeah, yeah. And that something around like trusting that when we intend that and like put ourselves and with commitment and yeah. energy that yeah. it, um, my hands are trying to communicate, but like something churns or mulches or gestates or like there's something that happens when we uh, 
gives something in our life that power to right. support us in this sort of endeavor. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, people have expressed that in many different ways over time. Uh-huh. Um, and it's felt differently to me at different times. Um, there are times when, you know, there's a real sense of like, you know, like presence or like, you know, like I'm, I'm doing this, um, and, and like it's supported, mm-hmm. um, by like, you know, like all beings, like there, there's a mm. sense of like bodhisattvas are like involved with this. Right. And, yeah. Um, thanks for saying that Zen teacher, you don't get that <laughs> enough in Zen in my view, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, and, and it's not like, I, I don't necessarily like personify it particularly yeah, but yeah. like but just that sense of like benevolence mm-hmm. right like in a in a root way like like this kind of basic benevolence and responsiveness and um like my effort is witnessed and it's not just mm. um like and and so part of that like I, I i feel that as an accountability thing like if i'm like it's one thing to like you know sit still and impress people in the zendo but like like if like but i'm the only one who's like aware of the internal like how available i am and but i feel like when i set that kind of ongoing intention like i'm not the only one Mm. right like the resonance is is happening in a Mm. in other ways which i can't talk about particularly and and i imagine you sort of feel the reverberation or some some of that benevolence through the intention yeah and like sometimes that feels confident and sometimes it feels like dreamy or squishy or whatever and yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't i've never really felt much compunction to explain or define that it just feels like okay well that's how it is right now yeah yeah Yeah. You, you use the word transformational or transformation a bit like maybe more than i've heard from some zen zen folks this is just my own like data point of like the five people that i draw to in zen (laughs) you know like sort of transformational space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i'm just curious if you could put some words to what that is for you transformation and even space Um, when i was younger i did a research project at the Institute of Noetic Sciences where mm-hmm. we studied transformation and mm-hmm. interviewed all these people and codified right, right, it. Right. And my like little section was community that I had to codify. Uh-huh, so like, uh-huh. my, you know, I tinker with this stuff a bit in my mind and yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you say that and I assume like we're sharing the same language <laughs> or something, you know? And I'm like, wait, what do you right. actually mean when you say that? Sure. <laughs> we're engulfed in mint right now. She's mm. harvesting the mint there. Yeah, I was with the lavender a moment uh-huh, ago, uh-huh. too. Well, I think there's a lot of different ways to talk about that. I mean, like in the one, like there's the self which smells mint and lavender and the self which didn't and like you know like there's there's just those like that it's kind of trivial but actually it's not like like you know there's just that constant refreshing that constant newness of mm. of life that like 
Um, you know, we, we tend to gloss over that, like how different one moment of experience is from the next. And like, imagine this continuity and like, ugh, it's such a big mistake. <laughs> like there's so much like lost there and um, so much like sharpness and richness of like, like vividness. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's one aspect. Um, I think the aspect that I was talking about before has to do with um, like a willingness, like an invitation to, um, you know, be someone different. And, mm. you know, we have, you know, it's, it's very similar, like, you know, to the mint, like there's, there's a sense who I think I am and it may not be what's needed right now. And so if I'm, if I'm stuck with that, if I'm holding on in, you know, lots of ways, yeah. I don't have anything to offer. I thinking of someone I was with yesterday in mm -hmm. a, a psychotherapeutic context that mm -hmm. through the work was like, I don't, I don't know who I'd be if I wasn't disappointed in myself. Like mm. seeing the disappointment yeah, and right, like, right. I felt this sort of like, what happens if I, like, I don't know if I can put this down. Yeah, yeah, right. As painful as it is. And, yeah. and so, so that's a transformative space. It's like that, like, the, you know, the person got to a point of like, oh, there's a pivot. And I could either pivot or I could not pivot. Like, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah. And, and, you know, most people have to see that a lot mm. you know and and it's you know before they can do it and they have to you know go through that process in in many many facets of life yeah you know, like just because you can do it around red lights doesn't mean you can do it around like your boss yeah, yeah. or your mom or whatever yeah 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 or the homeless person yeah. down the street or yeah yeah i feel really drawn to asking you about ancestors um, if I could, like, why, why that, I think that's emerging as we're together is mm -hmm. um, part of this project that I'm doing is ar around my dad and mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. relationship, mm -hmm. which uh, he left me when I was five, came back later in life, and, it, you know, I've tried to make, we've tried to work it out as best we can, you know, right. <laughs> right. <For some> of <laughs> it. with that, with that history, you know, yeah. Yeah. and he was a surfer, like a pretty prominent surfer in the 70s, mm -hmm. like before mm -hmm. pro surfers were really a thing, but he was like mm -hmm. kind of on that vanguard. Yeah. And it's like who he is on mm -hmm. some level. Mm -hmm. um, but he stopped when he was like 23, 24 and kind of went down a different path of drugs and mm -hmm. partially mm -hmm. why he wasn't in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had this interesting thing happen with my, grandpa my grandpas that I learned later that they both wanted to be psychologists, hmm. you know? And both then like, grandpas on yeah, yeah, after I was sort of like in that trajectory in life mm -hmm. in college mm -hmm. and stuff. And I was just like, oh, that was, that was interesting. And then the sense with my dad, too, that, like, something in me needs to surf. I don't really get it. And it was, like, later in life it sort of turned on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always been there a bit with me when I was younger, but mm -hmm. a few years ago, it was just, like, this is the only thing I really, a few, one of the few things that seems worth it to me in life. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't have to try to do. Like, right. I right. wake up early for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't wake up early to come to the temple anymore. Yeah. But I wake yeah. up early to go surf. Right. And the sense of sort of like a, an ancestral heritage there, mm -hmm. that there's something that's continued. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's like a, a real part of Zen in a way. And I think of Dogen in that and sort of mm -hmm. maintaining the, 
activity of Buddha ancestors and mm -hmm. I'm just curious for you what sort of ancestors are and your sense and kind of wherever that goes for you not that it, you can give a definitive kind of statement right now well Yeah, I mean it's a rich, it's a really rich topic um, in general, and and for me. Um, the oh, hello, it's a hummingbird again. A chill, hanging out. That's a yeah. rarity. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the two most obvious ways that I experience lineage has to do or ancestry I think lineage is, is fine yeah, um, has to do with like you know contemplative practice and and um, like that was really one of my gateways in um, that that really like kind of galvanized me with this is feeling um, in a very, very like, like visceral, animal way, like a sense of responsibility to the effort that has gone into this over time, you know, to the effort that people have put into like, not like, you know, continuing the Zen tradition, but also like in a more broad sense, like just like dealing with their stuff, you mm. know, like like really seeing deeply, and it's it's so difficult and precarious and um, threatening, you know, like it, it takes a lot. It, like it, it demands um, a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice f to put that amount of um, that much at stake. And because people have done that through time, like, you know, we get to do it now. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm delighted to have that, mm -hmm. like, responsibility. Like, to, to, like, you know, feel that, um, uh, like, imperative to, to continue that. Mm -hmm. So there, that's one aspect. And the other aspect has to do with, like, um, like you know it's it's this really like it's it's the um you know this treasure trove of of the natural world and and just and being an insignificant part of it <laughs> and and being like like in in every aspect held by that and and like what i get to offer is basically appreciation you know it's mm -hmm. um like i do what i can you know <laughs> but um but basically it's it's appreciation and uh a sort of tangible like i mean you touch when you name appreciation well yeah 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 like you know offering you know that that caring that mindfulness that yeah. you know um like i pull weeds you know like i yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do stuff <laughs> but but it's um, that's a, that's an expression of that that kind of basic sense of gratitude, 
yeah. and um, like reverence. Yeah, I'm thinking of a, a period in my life when I was uh, doing hospice for one of my dogs that passed. Yeah, yeah, right. And he declined really quickly due to kind of like a, what was going on physically for mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm. And he, he was like two weeks before like a lively spirited animal and then oh, was really like quick. old yeah, yeah. in two weeks and he yeah. was walking around uh, Laurelhurst, the pond there. It was yeah. like a beautiful pond yeah, in the yeah, city center cool. and I just hung out there for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at him look, yeah. like taking in the world, you yeah. know, and like what a gift that was to mm -hmm. see that those like knowing he was going to die in like two days mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. was like smelling and, mm -hmm. and I, that just kind of came up as you were talking about the appreciation, yeah. the yeah. sort of this tangibleness it of makes, life. It makes sense because it's like that, that um, episode example that you bring up is like it's really emphasizing, you know, the ephemeralness of it, you know, like it's feeding, it's it's like. Yeah, it keeps I, changing, and and so like and that, that makes it more precious. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Yeah, like, like, uh, <laughs> I think we were talking a little while ago. I can't remember when this was. This months ago, and like someone had asked you to go on a radio show to give like a little plug around, and you're like, I'm not gonna talk about emptiness for 20 seconds. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vague sense of that. <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk about emptiness a bit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll give a little more context, you know, a little more priming. Um, okay. You know, part of this kind of, this retreat or this intensive, and it's like connected with my dad and surfing. Mm -hmm. um, I got the same surfboard that he had. Not mm -hmm. exactly, but a, mm -hmm. what he rode mm -hmm. when he was 25. And mm -hmm. I'm going to take it to the spots that he rode that I actually haven't surfed before, even though really mm -hmm. close. Mm -hmm. You just become very like niche when you surf like I go to this one spot only right, right. like my dad surfed 40 yards up from there <laughs> not quite it's like a mile and a half but you know what I mean? you know I've never been there once uh -huh. even though I know of it so I've, I have it's this probably whole... really different I mean yeah 30 years of yeah, shifting sand like yeah I'm excited to talk to him about like <laughs> like after I surf his spot describing yeah. it and hearing his description and that uh -huh. Yeah, because waves change and culture changes and mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. surfing with the boards they ride. I'm going to be riding a board that's weird for right yeah. now. Yeah, right. Especially in Southern California. And my dad was really into barrel riding. Mm -hmm. Like drop it. It's mm -hmm. like you kind of drop into the wave and it curls over you. Mm -hmm. And there's this sort of pause moment where you want to slow into it. Mm -hmm. But you have to get out too. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like the, the apex for surfing a lot of ways. Right. Um, right. I don't get out very often. I can get in. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so like one of the, <laughs> maybe even just the narrative framings of uh -huh. the trip is like getting out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And so many surfers describe that experience in very like spiritual language that mm -hmm. resonates with me outside of being in a barrel, like in, in practice mm -hmm. or like in certain experiences of like they describe the sound enveloping them mm -hmm. and just kind of almost maybe being in God's presence or mm -hmm. the vortex or emptiness. I, you can feel him grasping for words, you know, to contain that experience. Um, and then I've heard Zen, Zen folks and yeah. all the other folks that are engaged in sort of this thing of awareness. And I'm wondering if you can speak in your own way uh, to that thing that's hard to talk about. <laughs> 
I think the reason it's hard to talk about is that it's it's so prominent, right? Yeah. It's so. That was a surprise. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like, like barrel writing, I, I've never done it. Yeah, yeah. Right, but that sounds like you know that's fairly uh, um, unusual. Like it's yeah. it's an extreme experience, right? That like you know you have to set up conditions in a particular sort of way in order to, for that to happen. Yeah, you have to be able to do it. The wave has to do it. There's a lot going into it. Right, and it, and years of you know preparation, whatever. So. Um, and so like, like the specialness is obvious, right? And um, when people, you know, have direct experience of like just how special this is, like it's hard to, like, like this is a broken piece of concrete that is just sitting here, like. Like a cinder block. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's, it's so like, whatever, like there's nothing obviously sacred about that but it can be right and like um mm. like there's there's cinder block consciousness like there's there's like um there's mm. like that can speak the dharma and so we don't look for like it's empty just like this yeah. like like people don't say that they they, they, they refer to, to like right? <laughs> peak experiences of like skiing or surfing or music or making art or meditation retreat or yeah, yeah. you know conversation with the teacher or whatever it may be you know like the the, the kind of like peak the experiences sort of, of life yeah right but i think part of what happens as as you you know accumulate some of those peak experiences is that like it shines through right like you may need something like that intense to like recognize it but as you get comfortable recognizing it like it's actually much more prominent and we have such a like it's that boundary that mm -hmm. i was talking about like that habit of like putting buddhahood on the other side of that boundary is so mm -hmm. prominent mm -hmm. it's so like immediate um it's it's a protective response basically i think like we, we are not required as much if if buddha's out there and not here yeah um we don't have to be aware of as much we don't have to like attune as much like there, there's just um the stakes are lower mm. and and it's inaccurate <laughs> yeah you know so um oh hang on there a little hang on there it's inaccurate it's inaccurate to to say that we're not buddha yeah and um but what are we, why are we not what See, like we're all Buddha. Well, that's my sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, I really, I really trust that. Yeah. Um, it, that's not to say that I I'm always in touch with it or mm -hmm. I always remember it. Mm -hmm. For sure, you know, there's a range of access. Um, but there's a deep way in which I, like, I trust it. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out in a, a forest the other day and pretty special to me. It's like one of my places I attribute yeah. value and yeah. sacredness. Yeah. And, but I was with friends hanging out, which I usually am like alone mm -hmm. in the, like in the forest. And it was hard to connect to the forest while I was like hanging out with my friends. And right. I was thinking about like sacred tree groves, like the things that used mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. exist and used to exist. Right. Right. 
Oh my god, we had to make a grove sacred because it's too much for it all to be sacred. You know, like, oh, this one's sacred. And maybe there's more to the why that one's sacred, but like, it gets overwhelming if it's all yeah. worth like devotional reverence and, yeah. you know, like a cinder block of. Right, right. Like, I don't know if anything comes up yeah, for you. How, frequent, how frequently, frequently do we allow ourselves to be disrupted? Yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, a moment of reverence is really disruptive. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how the sound's being picked up right now. I looked up like, that's a bit low, but who yeah. knows? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's very disruptive. And like, like, it's disruptive of our narrative, of our sense of like, oh, this is the continuity of like, who I am and how I do and yeah. um, what I expect. And when we're like struck by you know the magnificence the the luminousness of a moment like it interrupts that you know like that that narrative can't just flow like it it diverts and like so like one of my like aspirations um is to like be interrupted easily right like to to be like be surprised with grace like my my we share our um intention for the day at breakfast mm -hmm. and my my intention for today was uh to pivot easily so yeah. it's another way of getting at that yeah yeah that i want to i want to be disrupted you know yeah and maybe we'll kind of this be the last okay um, yeah, yeah. And this one's more personal you know okay. taking advantage of <laughs> Shoot. disrupt me <laughs> um no, I hold it. Um, kind of a, a a recent arc, but longer arc. You know, maybe it's been nine months or so, or six months. I can't say, but mm -hmm. it feels like mm -hmm. a, a long a season yeah. of really being oriented or interested in like being with the flow, mm -hmm. going with it, mm -hmm. and whatever the flow is, like trusting as that sort of benevolence, like. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'm like, hey, is this the right thing to be doing? Or like, so what, what do I do here? There's so many choices to make every day. And like, not every one of them feels like I'm making a good choice. Second guessing of flow. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. it's all flow, baby. But right, like, right. oh, can I, like, do I do this or that? Like, wait, was, was that a good idea? And mm -hmm. kind of trying to relax that a bit and just mm -hmm. move with, you know, and work in progress, totally. Mm -hmm. And that like had a certain quality to it for a while. And then recently, like something's returned, it feels like, or... Uh, the di the dials are changing a bit of like discipline and structure mm. and like those two like being willing to pivot but then you you look like the way i see from the outside like it's mm -hmm. a very regimented sort of life in some ways like mm -hmm. time and structure mm -hmm. and like that's really hard for me to hold that together you know like those two oh, energies yeah. sort of or especially like with without a bell that's someone else's ringing yeah yeah <laughs> if you could kind of, I don't know if that brings up for you. Yeah. It, uh, I think I'm nervous about that for the trip. Like how much schedule, how much pivoting, how much, uh -huh, like, uh -huh. like in that sort of staying in the lane and uh, honoring the intentionality, whatever that might be. Well, I think part of the reason, like, like the bell, like it, on the one hand, like it's structure, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, now it's time to do this, but oh, yeah. but the 
but I'm I'm getting at like like the intrapersonal leverage, right? So, and so like in that moment of the bell ringing, like my activity just got disrupted. Yeah, I the, was in the, the middle dropping. of doing something, and now I need to do something else. Okay. And and so like yes, it's structure, and that's like that's a particular yeah. kind of blah, 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 but um, it's also this like like invocation of like ephemeralness. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I was that was really I was appreciative of that. That sort of that pivoting coming from maybe a, like an organ organized sort of rhythm or structure, but then yeah. also from yeah all the other ways right, that right, it right, happens. Right. Like I mean, it's it's always it's like it's always me bouncing off of it. Like that's yeah. my experience yeah, again yeah. and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's where the you know. Yeah, I'm like just thinking because I'm like I'm driving down and like I'll be periods alone mm -hmm. and then periods with people and then like coming in and out of that like one of those will be with my like 20 year old sister that really loves going to the bars and yeah I can go to a bar right <laughs> but like going right. to a bar on an intensive like what is that <laughs> sure sure <laughs> so you know I think like you're gonna have to um like some of your touchstones are gonna be things more like curiosity than like yeah silence yeah right that you can always use that you can always like that's always an anchor for you during this period uh-huh it's like well what is you know wh what do i learn here yeah you know what does this tell me show me about myself or what is this yeah you know cool thank you so much for hanging out man i really appreciate this sure sure thank you for listening really appreciate Cockmeo taking the time and sharing what he's got. Um, when re-listening to this episode, there was a lot there for me. You know, just a lot I could take in and really appreciate that I wasn't really able to hear while I was talking to him because I was too busy trying to interview him. I uh, hope you got something out of this. Um, and also hope that, yeah, there's some spaciousness and some ease and appreciation and just want to thank you thank you for doing you appreciate it